What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Hey, folks, we're back. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a couple couple of weeks to to refresh and and recharge after the the NFC Championship game debacle and the whole Super Bowl lead up and all that kind of stuff. Um, my name is Robert Morrison, by the way, contributor at NinerNoise.com, and back with me once again to uh, to to shuffle us into the off season, um, which is really in full swing at this point, is uh, fellow contributor Akshaz Devadula. Akshaz, man, how's it going? How, what 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 you been doing over the last couple of weeks while we've been doing nothing podcast wise? You know, I've been just like kind of like chilling a little bit. You know, taking it easy. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. This is an actually 100% real. This is not like me. <laughs> this is not just some bit for the podcast. I genuinely forgot the Super Bowl happened. I was just, <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know why. I was just like, I think it was like last week, I was just like on my phone and I like search up the NFL because I want to see the news and it shows like Super Bowl, Kansas City 38, Eagles 35. And I was like, oh yeah, that did happen. <laughs> that so you, was... didn't wa- you didn't watch it? No, I did. That's the thing too. I was oh. like, <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. I don't yeah. know why. You and Nick Bosa are now watching the Super Bowl. You guys are the same person pretty much together. Yeah. That's funny. Um, It does. Gosh, it was only what two like two weeks ago. Right. And it feels like it was forever, um, which is just hilarious, but also pretty indicative of of how the cycle of the NFL moves. Right. It's like, oh, we had the Super Bowl. Okay, well, it's now it's time to start talking about next season because. Uh, the 24-hour, 365-day news cycle of the NFL. That's just kind of how it goes, right? Um, we don't spend too too much time like thinking about it. It's like it happened. The Chiefs made a big deal about how nobody believed in them, which is just like okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were some people that you know for for clickbait said that they weren't going to win the Super Bowl or whatever. But I, I just found that whole thing a little bit a little bit funny. Um, little uh, actor little acting for the for the for the camera kind of thing but uh 
yeah um i ended up with a bunch of people in my house to watch the super bowl i'm not really sure how that happened um i've made it very clear that i will only continue to do that so long as the 49ers are are, are in it but if we get to a point where the, the niners are in the super bowl I, I really like everyone will have to understand the rules which are the which are don't talk to me i don't <laughs> like like i'm watching i'm paying attention to the game if i don't care but like if i'm if i'm locked in they're like my wife's like, do you want people over? I'm like, I don't really care so long as they follow the rules of actually, you know, shut your mouth and watch the game, <laughs> which is kind of how I am anyway. But if I really had a dog in the fight, I would be like a thousand times more like no more talking like you pay attention like this is this is meaningful at this point. No, I told people um, before the NFC championship game, first of all, told them, don't come. There's no football game. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But then I like told a couple of people, I was like, yeah, I'm busy out for like Super Bowl Sunday. I just, because if the Niners were going to play, kick all my roommates out, <laughs> like barricade the doors. Cause I will, when it gets to the playoffs, I think this year I got pretty good at like, you know, the regular season is intense and it's meaningful, but it's the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, don't like really rush the highs and lows, kind of take it in stride. But we got to the playoffs and different animal. I was screaming the entire time. And I knew if someone came over and the Niners were in the Super Bowl and something happened, I could lose a friend. Like, <laughs> full stop. Like, it would be like they say, they ask some question while Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown. Or they'd say something like, man, that team really sucks. And I'd be like, I never want to see you again. Get out of my life. <laughs> that's, that's, so. that's hilarious. Um, so if the Niners make it back to the Super Bowl, Akshaz and I will have to find a way to watch the game together. We'll just sit in silence just watching <laughs> the game with the occasional scream, you know, mm-hmm. at, the, at, the, at, the, at the television to players who can't hear us. But we're, we're totally saying it's completely fine don't don't nothing to worry about um anyway so the super bowl's over they did the pro bowl games it looked like george kittle was having a great time um but it's it's the off season now and uh obviously as we sit here um the sort of order of operations as, as always um is that we'll um, we'll get in, let's see, it's February 27th, which means it's basically March almost, uh, which is nuts already. I'm not sure how that happened so fast, but, um, free agency officially opens on March 13th. Um, I believe the, the ever contradictory legal tampering period, as they like to refer to it begins a couple of days before then. I think it's like the, the weekend before, leading up to that, if I'm not mistaken, is, is when that usually begins, which just means that teams can have conversations with agents and they can sort of, you know, give it a handshake and say, yeah, we agree to this deal. Um, we've seen obviously that fall through from time to time where a team, where, where it, the report comes out like, oh, so-and-so is going to sign with such and such a team. And then they change their mind because they haven't signed anything. So they're allowed to do that. Um, which means we'll see that initial rush of free agency early in that week, uh, the week of March 13th. And then, you know, what usually happens is we see a day or two of like real heavy work and then, you know, a day or two where nothing happens. And then you might see some, some smaller free agents fall and lots of things will happen. Um, obviously a lot of time will be spent on, uh, the quarterback situation and, 
for a lot of teams. And we'll talk momentarily about how the 49ers might kind of play into that uh, that conversation during this offseason. And they're, they're in an interesting position as, as it comes to that position, that that uh, uh, position on the field, um, obviously, for for reasons uh, somewhat outside of their control. Um, but we'll, it'll be really interesting to see how those those chips fall. Um Obviously, there's some some names that are already in that in that sort of pressure cooker situation of the quarterback situation. Uh, Derek Carr was released by the Raiders uh, not too long ago, and then Carson Wentz, I believe, just today, got uh, let go by the Commanders. It's his uh, his third team <laughs> in not so many years, um, so he'll be looking for a new home. That will be very interesting how that works out. Um, we'll talk uh, in a little bit about what the Niners are going to do with their own free agents because they can already uh, begin the negotiation process with people they've had in their building. So that kind of creates a, a slightly different situation, and there might be some guys that, that they're able to to get um, pen to paper with, so to speak, ahead of time. Um, and speaking of that, there is one name that we can throw out already that we know about, and that is uh, the return of long snapper Tabor Pepper. Um, I, for one, will sleep better knowing that the long snapper situation is taken care of for the next three years. Got a million and a half guaranteed money, which is pretty good cash for somebody whose job it is to snap a ball very far between his legs. Um, so, I I mean, I think good news. I think the, the continuity in that situation is, is important. So I'm, I was glad to see it. Plus, he's a character and we I like characters. That's good. Yeah, I agree. I think it was such an interesting thing when they got Tabor, because I remember Kyle Nelson, I can't remember who it was against. I want to say the Bengals, but I could be totally off. He just had a game where it was, like, over. Like, it was basically the yips. It was insane how, like, he just didn't have it anymore, and the Niners pivoted to Tabor, and that just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, I don't know. I think he's definitely a character, which I love. I think the 49ers are better and football is better when you have people who have just good goofy fun. And there's obviously way more to long snapping than I possibly know about. But <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all, but all I know is that things don't seem to go bad because of him. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing for me. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like the offensive line across the board for the most part is you want your name called as little as possible and i think that's probably like extra true for the long snapper right who mm-hmm. might do his job you know maybe five six times a game maybe more or depending on how well the kicking game is going or how well you're scoring and hopefully you're not punting too many times but um so good news there um so good for him glad to have him around get that continuity moving obviously he and mitch wisnowski i think are pretty well lined up in their contracts that means they'll both be around for uh an extended period of time from there. Um, we'll talk about the third part of that battery here in just in just a minute. I'm, I'm sure that will be a very interesting conversation that we'll have about uh, the rest of the, the third part of the special teams unit, um, which is a little bit. But um, before we get into the, the 49ers uh, uh, offseason in terms of their free agents, obviously that's the first thing that happens is the free agency. The draft comes later down on the road, and we'll we'll get into that um, kind of later in the offseason, there will be a lot of time to, to talk about drafts, and it'll be an interesting one for the Niners in that they don't have a pick until the third round, uh, and pretty late in the third round. Um, if you've uh, gotten into the draft simulator 
uh, stuff during this offseason. It's really boring for the first like three seconds, like 45 seconds while you're waiting for the thing to count up to 99, which is where their first pick is, I believe, at this point. Um, but, uh, of course, we have to address before we get into any of those other things the the major issue, which is that Brock Purdy was scheduled to have um, that, uh, con- that reconstructive surgery, not total reconstruction, but repair, sorry, I should say, um, on his UCL in his throwing arm uh, on the 22nd, which was last week of February. Um, they got him there. Took a look at it. Apparently, the swelling is such that they can't. They were not able to uh, complete the surgery um, or even start it. So they're waiting um, as we sit here. What uh, five days later? Um, as of right now, there is no scheduled date for the surgery to go down. Um, and obviously, the problem with that is the six-month timeline doesn't actually start till the surgery happens. Uh, and so that puts him the closer we get to, you know, the f- first full week of March, the first full week of March is basically six months out from the first game, first week of the season. Um, and that's assuming that nothing goes wrong in any of that, or they get in there and, you know, knock on all the wood in the world that it's worse than they, that the, the tear is worse than they think. Um, so actually, are, are we worried about this? Because I'm, I'm getting there. I, I am I'm getting there as well. I think initially when I saw the info that they postponed the surgery, it was very explicit from I think the reports that it shouldn't change Purdy's timeline. And if that's the case, then I don't think it's an issue. But if if this is gonna eat into training camp, like actually eat into training camp, then I think it's an I think it's a real problem. And I think I mean, it's such a crazy situation because just imagine last year in like August telling yourself that next year you're going to have a conversation about the concern that Brock Purdy is going to miss part of training camp and that Trey Lance <laughs> and you're will like, have. Re- most people are like, who? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, but I think it's really important for like a multitude of reasons. And I think. Trey Lance is like in his rehab process and he should be ready to go by the time the 49ers really like kick into like off-season activities. Purdy is a huge question mark. And I think that question mark, just the fact that he's hurt is why there is a quarterback competition happening at all. And I think it's not, it's to the Niners detriment if Purdy is not healthy enough to actually like participate in a competition because we like, we know what Purdy is to some extent. We've seen like what he looks like at his like, not worst, but this is like a good baseline. I think just the same ways that Trey Lance will get better over time. Brock Purdy will get better over time, reading defenses, manipulating coverages, just being more in control of an offense. All those things, those are not like exclusive to Lance. But we know so little about Lance. And I just think the worst thing that could happen for Lance, beyond like obviously another injury that takes away an entire year, is like getting a weird like two to three game like starting spot. And then Purdy straight off like injury just gets the like starter position again. And it's like, 
there wasn't it wasn't really a decision it's just more you're the backup so you have to play until the starter is healthy because i feel like that's worse than having lance just lose to purdy in training camp if lance loses to purdy in training camp you're you get your answer like it's done we know it's we we the Niners have decided who's better and who's the quarterback of the future. And you go from there and they'll figure out what to do with Trey Lance later. But if you get this weird situation where you can't like, as an organization, you don't have the like ability to be definitively we're committing to Trey Lance. I think the entire trade, which has been like, categorically a disaster no matter how you spin it at this point just given how little they've been able to get out of Lance and it's not like his fault or the Niners fault it just is what it is the trade like the only way the trade is worse than Lance being a bust is if the Niners go through the entire rookie window without ever knowing what Lance was so I think My concern with the Purdy situation is that, A, Brock Purdy is, like, at the very least, a competent starting quarterback in the NFL. And that's huge. And, like, having that guy healthy on your roster is always a good thing. But I'm I'm concerned about how it, like, changes the 49ers' decision calculus at the quarterback position in general, whether that means they, like, start kind of playing around with what Lance can or can't do and we don't really get a fair shake of what his ability is and make a decision on him or whether they look into like a free agent quarterback and potentially get someone in who they really don't need to, who just causes more confusion and discontinuity in that quarterback room and adds just another voice. I just recently actually today released, I guess yesterday for those of you who will be listening, (laughs) There's an article of mine just came out about why I think the 49ers should draft a quarterback this year, somewhere in the late rounds. And I think, obviously, we'll talk way more about that when we get closer to draft day and draft strategies. But I think the one thing the 49ers shouldn't do is invest the same type of money they've been investing in the quarterback position just because they need to, like, re-insulate themselves yeah. And I'm worried that like a Pur- Purdy's injury lingering on plus Lance still not being a hundred percent. They're just, there's just going to be too much fear that at this point with this roster, which is basically we're at like this year and next year, I think is the best this iteration of the 49ers is going to be anything after that. I think the success of the 49ers will be predicated upon getting a quarterback who's good enough to keep you in position. But right now you can win with a quarterback who's not all that, because I think the roster is like last year, this year, and next year, this is like as strong as it's going to get after that salaries just dictate that you have to, you have to retool a little bit. So the fear of missing out of like this, competitive window, I think could cause the 49ers to make an even worse decision. And that's like my overarching concern with what's with what's going on with Purdy. It's less so that like, you know, his UCL still isn't fixed, but it's more so the 49ers are going to do some crazy like panicking stuff. And we're going to end up with a weird situation basically like last year. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, I was just going to say where it's like, 
the team, maybe their competitive window is stabilized. I don't even know if that's true. I question whether Garoppolo beats the Cowboys. But at the very least, it, cert- it doesn't help the direction of this team. And it's just like they need to like figure this out because they need to know how to go from here. So that's mm-hmm. like that's my spiel, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I think you're right. Uh, basically, what it, if, if, I'm, if I'm reading if I'm reading into to everything that you're, you're saying there, just kind of the, you know, the the shortened version of, of all that that good stuff is they need either Trey Lance or Brock Purdy to be the starter definitively and then that other guy to be prepared to be the backup definitively and so they don't get like all riled up and like go side Matt Ryan or something like that because we need somebody in the building who can run the offense and be, you know, at least moderately decent uh and so we can take advantage of the rest of this roster that's that's generally the the thought right <laughs> yeah i i agree i think that's definitely the like primary concern is getting a matt ryan or someone else in the building i think is just going to complicate things and it's going to make things like stupid but yeah. i also just think for like this future of this franchise they need to be able to be third year or fourth year, Trey Lance, here's your training camp, here's your guy, beat him out. Like, yep. this is it. Because the if you can't get, like, his rookie year, he had that opportunity, basically, and he didn't beat Garoppolo out. But no one, like, really expected him to, so that's fine. But then last year, they didn't really, it wasn't a competition. It was this weird hodgepodge. And I think the lack of it being a competition, if we're reading into whatever the reports are, of like a lack of locker room support for Lance, I think that did play into part of that. And I think it's simultaneously, the 49ers were not comfortable with Lance being the number one, no matter what they said. And I think they need to get comfortable with who the number one guy is. And if that's not Lance and that's Purdy, that's totally fine. It's okay that another quarterback is your number one, but you can't, you can't have a situation where you don't know the answer to that because some people will say that just means you have options, but there's that quote and I'm forgetting who said it. I'm going to say Bill Parcells, but I might be totally wrong <laughs> that having two quarterbacks means you have no quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in some extent, I think that's totally wrong, but in this situation, I think that's actually right. Having two guys that you kind of think are the guy, but you can't commit either way means that not only can you like construct the offense you want to work for each guy. So you're hamstringing each guy a little bit, but you also just don't have full buy-in. So that's. uh, Yeah. And I, and I think it's all complicated by the, the Purdy injury because I feel like all things being equal, you kind of get the impression that Shanahan would just be like, all right, well, Purdy's done more for this team. Like, sorry, Trey. Like, thanks for for being here. Like, you're gonna be the backup, and and we'll see how it goes. Now, I also think that he would be pretty ruthless about if Purdy turned out to not be as much of a diamond in the rough as it as it kind of seems like he he is. That he would you know pull the he would 
pull the rug out of that situation if he had to. But um, unfortunately, the injury thing is what it is. And so that may force his hand. Now, obviously, they're going to have to bring in more quarterbacks this offseason. But I'm as as long as it's not somebody who's going to come in here and be like breathing down some, the neck of 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 whoever the the starter of either of these two, um, you know, putting any pressure on on Trey Lance and putting some you know older grizzled veteran behind him and say, hey, you might you might get you might be done if <laughs> if you step the wrong way to this old guy who's not as good as you, but actually, but is, you know, has a steadiness to him, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's certainly going to be a, a, an interesting conversation. Um, I'm, I'm definitely on board with the like draft a quarterback or bringing a, you know, something like that. Um, and we'll, we'll get into all that later, I'm sure. But, um, you know, we, it, it wouldn't be a 49ers off season if we didn't get to talk extensively about the quarterback situation. But the, 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 the like unfair part about this is that it's like, it shouldn't have happened this way because things were trending in the, okay, well, like it's pretty clear what direction the team should go, but the injury is to the injury to Brock Purdy specifically is going to put them in a situation where they're not going to be able to, they might not be able to make a choice, which I think is what you were saying is, is going to be the real problem, right? They're going to be just like, okay, well, I guess Trey's the guy for now and then we'll figure it out. And that puts them in a weird position. That's, that's not if you're a Super Bowl contender, that's not the situation you want to be in. Right. Because all the other Super Bowl contenders, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, even if you want to throw the Cowboys or something like that. And you can talk about Dak Prescott and uh, whatever. Um, they know who that guy is and there won't be a sense of like, oh, is it going to be this guy or that guy? The 49ers in a very, very, very interesting position because. They may know who it who it who they would prefer their guy to get to be, but maybe he's the guy who won't be able to play because he got hurt so late and then things got complicated and so maybe they'll be forced to go with the second guy out of the fact just out of sheer sheer unfortunate situations, I guess. And I will just add on to that. Tim Kawakami, near basically near the after the loss, had a nice mailbag where he went over 49ers stuff. And he mentioned a rift between Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. And I thought what was really telling about it wasn't the rift per se. I think it's kind of known that Shanahan tolerates Garoppolo as opposed to appreciates him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Kawakami said that Shanahan, and this might be like, hindsight kind of explanation Kawakami said that Shanahan had been like dreaming of playing Brock Purdy like this was a desire of his was to get Brock Purdy into games over Garoppolo and I think that's obviously a huge like that's more about like how Shanahan views Garoppolo but I just think it's important because to your point I absolutely think if Purdy is firstly, if Purdy is healthy, the Niners might have won the Super Bowl. And that this is not even a, this is not even close to a discussion. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> but that aside, I think if Purdy was healthy and the Niners still lost, he would be the starter. There would just be no way he could not be the starter. And I think that is a decision. Like, obviously, it sucks for Trey Lance, and 
you, you, it would be the great unknown of like, what would he have been if he didn't get hurt? But there would be no way to not choose Purdy. As it stands, it seems the answer is still Purdy. And the only reason, the only thing that could possibly stop it from being Purdy is the fact that like he has a torn UCL and he's like already choosing a different surgery than Tommy John to get like for reconstruction. Tommy John would take him out of the year. We wouldn't even be having a discussion. And maybe into the year after that a little exactly. bit. Exactly. And I just think, you know, it's it's the wrong type of good situation to be in. And <laughs> right. it'll resolve itself somehow, probably in a way we don't expect and in a way that makes us feel frustrated and look to like, well, what's the next guy they'll try to put in there? Because the 49ers are a quarterback away. You get a guy like, we don't even have to say Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or like Joe Burr or Justin Herbert. Don't even worry about guys like that. If you put Jalen Hurts on the 49ers, I think the 49ers win the Super Bowl easily. Yeah, I'm running, I'm running away. Oh, yeah. They're just like, <laughs> they just need that, like, consistency. And it's so frustrating that they can't get it. And they found a guy who was giving it to them. And then he gets hurt. And it's just, you know, it's a whole mess. And I don't know what they'll do about it. I don't know what they can do about it. My hope is that they don't actually waste a roster spot on a veteran QB, but instead do a thing where like Matt Ryan, you be our like practice squad edition, show up half the time. You don't really have to be there. If we need you, we'll call on you type situation. That, that would be pretty funny. Um, total aside, but for some reason, the way you, you mentioned that, and this was, this doesn't have anything to do with anything necessarily. Um, did you see uh, Alex Smith got hired by the Chiefs to be their quarterbacks coach? So I did not. That's okay. So that leads me to another aside. Did you see ah. Davis Webb is the <laughs> yes. quarterback coach of the Broncos? <laughs> that's that's insane. What makes them think Russell Wilson is going to listen to anything that Davis Webb says? <laughs> that's I already, it's already tough when you have like a coach because I feel like any player could just be like, I've done like more than you. But Davis Webb has like, Russell Wilson has no. like played more, has literally like been in the NFL, was got into the NFL and won a Super Bowl and got traded by the time Davis Webb got drafted and then retired. I just, I can't. He's like 28 think. or something like that. It's pretty sad. Um, I, cannot for the life of me like if russell wilson can like actually will actually listen to davis webb kudos to him because yeah for sure <laughs> i i don't i can't i i honestly i feel like i'm a pretty like easygoing willing to listen to people guy i think i would be like offended if sorry what <laughs> if yeah. a guy who would like who could equally has just been signed as my backup is now coaching me yeah, for sure. Um, one final thing, and then we'll get into the the 49ers uh, 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 free agents. Wow, words. Um, if you want a scary site, uh, go to uh, like a over the cap or Spo track or something like that, and and list out your free agents just by quarterbacks. And um, 
not only would I be concerned about the 49ers bringing in a, in a veteran quarterback, but um, my concern would be because outside of like maybe one or two names on the list that are definitely not options like, you know, Derek Carr, or uh, I don't know, uh, Lamar Jackson, the list is terrifying and I don't want any of those people on my team. But anyway, um, OK, so here is what I'm thinking that we will do. Uh, so the Niners have a pretty extensive list of um, of free agents this this offseason. Um, I'm not going to count them, but I wish that I had already done that. It's in the 20s, I believe. I think it's like 21 or 23 or something like that. Um, if you would like to count them so that I don't have to do it out loud and correct me, you may. Um, but uh, and the, the worst part is, is that most of them, the vast majority of their free agents are restricted free agents, uh, which means that those players or excuse me, unrestricted free agents, which means that those players are free once um, the legal tampering period begins to start going out and having conversations with other teams. Uh, it also means, of course, that if the Niners wanted to resign them, like they did with with Tabor Pepper, who's on this list, but um, is no longer uh, going, he's not, I guess they haven't officially announced it yet or something, I'm not really sure how that works. Um, it means that they can start negotiating with the players that were on their team last year that are listed on on this, this list. Um, but of course, it may be that the Niners have decided for various reasons because um, they are up against it a little bit with the cap, they're probably gonna have to get some, to do some, some gymnastics, uh, get some pragmarate action going on, uh, with some restructuring and of and moving around with some money to get some, because they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to free up some money for for their draft picks and and have some money to to kind of sit around, sit on for the for the regular season and all that stuff. Uh, so I imagine that there will be some moves moving in that direction. You know, guys like Fred Warner and, and George Kittle and maybe even Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams, guys, Eric Armstead, who have who are in big, big money deals when they can maybe, you know, slide them some cash and get their cap numbers down, that sort of thing. Um, so what I figured that we would do is kind of go through these names. We don't have to spend a lot of time on them. Some of them will be pretty easy um, and we'll kind of move through uh, the the list and and kind of see. You know, is this guy worth worth keeping around? Is it a guy kind of just be like, okay, it's time to move on from them? And it may be for various reasons. Uh, we'll kind of see how that works. Uh, so the other types of free agents, uh, generally speaking, we're talking about exclusive rights free agents, which means that, that basically that I don't even know why you would consider them a free agent. I guess uh, they they can only go to the team that they are currently on. Um, I think that's what the first four, three years or something like that for uh, um, after rookie deals, they're uh, exclusive rights free agents and then they move into restricted free agency and then they have unrestricted free agency after a certain number of years. Um, restricted free agency means that the there's there's three um, tiers at which uh, a person, a player at a restricted level can be sort of tagged in that particular case. I think it's what a first round tender, a third round tender, and then a, like a writer first refusal type of thing. And those carry with them different money amounts, right? That, that the, they would have to pay, um, that they have to, to give to that player. Uh, it means that that per- player could still move to another team, but the other team would have to forfeit the draft pick at whatever level that that person is tagged at. So maybe it could work out, but generally I don't think that a lot of those players get moved uh, in those in those situations. And then, of course, you have the unrestricted free agents, which are players who can 
come and go as they please. Um, the only benefit at this point is because they were on the 49ers roster last year, they can be negotiated with now as opposed to other teams unrestricted free agents. Did I, did I get that right? Does that, that all sound about right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, the one thing about restricted, um, I think, is that in 2021, at least, it was first, second, original draft round and right of first refusal. So okay. that's – and we'll talk about, like, the players specifically, I don't actually think any of those names are going to be particularly relevant. No. Also, according to Spotrack, which may be wrong, but probably isn't, the 49ers have 24 free agents. Picks. And um, But they also have, at minimum, 11 draft picks incoming, barring trades. So, yeah. Lots of, lots of shuffling happening with the roster this year, for sure. All right. Um, so we'll start with the easy one, uh, and that is uh, exclusive rights free agent. The only one on the on the list that's Jawan Jennings, wide receiver. So he's coming back, back, barring this team just deciding they don't they want to move on from him. But I, I think he's been pretty reliable. I don't think that they're going to to do that. So um, I expect that he'll be he'll be back. Any any issues with that? <laughs> no, he'll be back for sure. I just wonder if he'll be back as the wide receiver three. That's a discussion yeah. for as we get into like the off-season like, activities themselves and what moves the 49ers make. But I think they definitely felt as though Jennings could have taken an extra step and didn't per se. There's issues with drops and like slips, just not the same level of consistency that you'd want as like he progresses as a player. But he's back for sure. There would be no reason yeah. otherwise. Um, and there could be, you know, draft picks and they have obviously Danny Gray from last year who could step up into a bigger role they'd probably want to see him actually fight his way to get on the field this year but that's another conversation for another time all right um they have three restricted free agents uh Kevin Gibbons uh Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and Colton McKivitz um I, the the thing with all of those players is I believe both Gibbons and Flanagan Fowles were undrafted guys if i'm not mistaken um mm -hmm. and mckivitz was a fifth rounder i think if that's that sounds right to me um he was a um yeah uh kevin gibbons was undrafted in 2019 mckivitz was the fifth round look at me uh in 2020 uh so that means they um would have i think probably not put super high tenders on on any of those guys um i don't know what what thoughts that you have the only the only sort of caveat there would be mckivitz who is probably an interesting part of a conversation that we're going to have in more detail in, in a couple minutes yeah um i actually think they're all like pretty interesting because gibbons was rotating in pretty consistently as defensive tackle and given how like kinlaw has been hurt and pretty ineffective he was pretty important so i think all three are players they certainly want to keep i just don't know how much interest they'd have my guess is Givens, out of the three of them is the most likely to find another team willing to pony up demetrius flanagan fouls i think they'll definitely keep there's my sense is that he has the inside track to being the third linebacker 
the reasons why we'll get to also in a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. And then McKivitz, as you mentioned, will be part of a larger conversation about another free agent the 49ers have. Right. The other um, interesting name of note, however, to keep keep in mind with the as far as Flanagan Fowles is concerned is Marcelino McCrary Ball, who they brought back mm -hmm. on a futures contract, who they really liked last season during the um, during the preseason and weren't able to keep him around for various reasons. Uh, but they brought him back on, on a futures contract this this offseason. Um, I think he would be an interesting one to watch. Uh, as that possible third linebacker, I think he just missed the cut um, over Flanagan Fowles this past year. So it'll be interesting to see with with potentially a uh, an extra linebacker spot uh, available heading into this season that they'll that they'll probably be able to keep him around. Um, and then McKivitz, as we talked about, we'll get into more in a second. Um, the next name on this list is is the one, the only Mr. Dante Johnson who's listed as an SFA, which I have no idea what that means. I think it just means he's been around for a really long time and he can just basically do whatever he wants. Um, I, I I don't know. Dante Johnson didn't play very much last year, um, which, you know, it's fine. Like if he, I, 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 I'm of the opinion that if he wants to continue to be a part of this team, that the 49ers will probably give him an opportunity to be around. Um, he's 32. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he still wants to play or whatever, but I think he'll have an opportunity to, to at least be on this camp on the, on the team during, during training camp. And who knows, maybe he'll surprise everyone. He made the 53 man roster this year. So there, there's no telling with, with him. He's, he's the, the consistent guy who's always around and willing to do whatever needs to get done. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't, I don't have a problem with, with him being on the team. I expect him to be on the 90 man roster to start the start training camp. That's just kind of where we are. He's rehabbing a torn ACL, right? Uh, yeah, I was going to say there was something about that. Um, I think you are correct. Um, hold on. Wild Rapport figures that. I mean, I agree. It's At first, it was like a joke. But now I actually think to just he's one of those glue guys, you know, Number 52, 53 on the roster. Some you cut him if you find something else, bring him back to the practice squad. And he's willing to do that. And you know, if he wants to be a part of the organization, I think at this point, as much as any other player, and this is insane to say, he is like he is as much of a 49er as like all the big guys, too. He's he's just he is one of those guys. He and you know, players like that, I think their loyalty is rewarded so yeah if, if um, he wants a spot i think he gets one yeah the the issue with that he did tear his acl and it was in december um it was the buccaneers game so it's only been like two months uh so that's it yeah he may not even be like ready to play before the season's over so um that would be very interesting to to pay attention to but um good good call there on on that one Akshas. all right um we're getting into some interesting names here uh coming up with that next list so the first name is uh defensive back safety nickelback whatever you want to call him uh jimmy ward longest tenured 49er up to this at this particular juncture this is a very interesting situation in that he seems a little upset by the way that last year went in that he lost his job uh 
due to injury. Um, and uh, the, the, that he, you know, he, he, for all, he, he was a professional about it. You know, he, he did what was asked of him. You know, he preferred to, to play Nickelback rather than not play at all. And, you know, you got to give him credit for that, but um, you got to wonder he's, he's, this is going to be his last opportunity to, to cash in. Um, it's a tricky situation because obviously we'll just go ahead and skip ahead to the fact that Tashawn Gibson is also a, an unrestricted free agent, but he also seems to be a little unsure about whether or not he wants to continue to play at all. Um, so I don't know, man, this one worries me a little bit because I feel like they might be playing with fire a little bit by not just committing to Jimmy Ward altogether and saying, Hey, you're going to be our guy for the next three years or whatever. Um, you know, Tashawn Gibson played well last year, but do you expect him to continue that upward trajectory at this point in his career at the same time, you know, he and Jimmy Ward are only about a year apart in age. There's might be some concern there. Maybe the move is just to, to try something else at safety altogether. I, I, I don't know it, but it concerns me a little bit. I think if I had to like power rank the possibilities, I think number one is we can just throw Gibson into this discussion. I think number one is Gibson comes back, Ward doesn't, and they throw in another guy, whether they draft someone or find someone in free agency to compete with Gibson and get pleasantly surprised if that guy wins out. I think number two is they give Gibson the starting role. And I think the least likely outcome is that Jimmy Ward is just the starting safety for the 49ers. And I really think it's a multi-faceted like thing. I think it's equal parts the fact that the 49ers are not willing to commit to Ward. And I think Ward wants to go to a place where you know, he'll get both the money and the like security he needs. If you like think about it, Jimmy Ward's time at the 49ers has been absolute like professionalism in class. Yeah. But it's also been like drafted as a corner, moved to safety, moved back to corner, moved to nickel, moved to safety, moved to nickel. <laughs> I mean, the guy has been like pushed around everywhere and he's taken it all on the chin and has done what's best for the team. And I just think the 49ers are trying to like, this is like the part of their team, the safety position where they're like, I think we can skimp out a little. Their willingness yeah. to move on from Jaquaski Tart was pretty interesting to me. And Ward is a better player than Tart is and his salary dictates that, but I just don't see Ward coming back unless his market falls out from under him. And this is like right. the place he comes to reestablish his like contract value. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly concerned about him going someplace where like we have to play him next year and he is very angry about what happened um I, i'm feeling <laughs> Houston. Out here. yeah i, I really, could certainly see D'Amico ryan's like bringing him in as like a centerpiece the only problem the only the question there would be how much control did D'Amico ryan's have over that over that decision to like was that kyle shanahan's decision and he said, D'Amico, this is what we're doing. Was it D'Amico Ryan's decision? And Kyle was like, all right, it's your defense, whatever you want to do. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if and certainly what he chooses to do there will tell us a lot about how that actually went down, I think. You know, you're right. I didn't even think about the fact that D'Amico might have been now we're playing Tashan and Jimmy can ride the ride the bench or play nickel. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe Shanahan was the one who was like, "Hey, look, let's give him this option. Like, let's use him. He's one of our better." And you know, I don't know. It'll be it's, it's, who knows. Um, yeah, I think, but I think Houston's definitely in players, or maybe I don't know the Jets. I don't know what their current situation is, but having Robert Sala out there might be something, or Miami or somewhere where he has some familiarity with 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 the with the the, the coaching staff there. But all right, um, that would be sad. Um, next name, pretty easy, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan didn't mince words about this. Uh, people were kind of, you know, hurt mad about the fact that he didn't sing Jimmy's, you know, thanks for all the years and blah, blah, blah. But he was, he's not a sentimental fellow, that Kyle Shanahan. And he's just like, nope, he's not coming back. Um, we could talk about where he could go, but that's, I, we did that all last offseason. I'm kind of tired of it. Um, but I will say, thanks, Jimmy Garoppolo, for your time. But it's, time for you to to find somewhere else to go i i just love shanahan it's it almost felt like vindication for shanahan he was like <laughs> here's another guy you guys thought was not good oh my god look how good my offense is with him wow maybe it's me and not jimmy garoppolo <laughs> i yeah what's it called jimmy we talked about this i think at some point definitely last year but even this year, too, I think when Garoppolo got hurt, we were like, what is Jimmy's legacy? And once he signs with another team, I think we can really crystallize it. But he gave hope to a franchise that didn't really have it. He wasn't good enough to give it the sixth Super Bowl. It happens. 
best of luck. See you wherever you play next time. Or not. Whatever. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to lump a couple of guys together because they're all similar. They're all, they all play similar positions and it will bring us to a, a larger conversation. So we've got Samson Epicom, uh, Carrie Hyder. We have Jordan Willis and we have Charles Amena who all pass rushers of various kinds over the cap has them all listed as as rushers, uh, you know, to various degrees. I think that's true. I think, Obviously, Kerry Hyder and Jordan Willis are completely different players than Amenahu and uh, Ebukam. Uh, obviously, this team is going to sign a lot of defenders along the, the defensive line, right? That's their MO. They're going to sign, they're going to have nine or 10 players on the defensive line in the final roster, you know. But I think it's pretty safe to say that they, they didn't get a lot of production outside of non Nick Bosa edge rushers last year. Um, so any of those four guys you could see coming back um, at this juncture? I think Jordan Willis, if he doesn't get a big contract, will probably be back. I think they like what he gives for depth. I think it really depends on how much money people spend. So I will say we don't know the full legal situation with Charles Omenhu right now. Right. But given what's going on, personally speaking, I would not re-sign him. I just think you have to get clarity on what's going on there before. And when the facts come out and if it turns out that it's not a thing, then yeah, you can definitely look into it. But I think Willis for sure, given what we know right now, I would say maybe Evacom and Kerry Hyder, great story in 2020, great hustle, just not there right now. And I think you can always like try to find another guy to do what he did and just get that like that guy in there. Now, Chris Korsak, I think, loves Hyder. So he might yeah. be one of those guys. So long as he doesn't have an opportunity elsewhere, he'll be in the building. But I'm feeling two out of the four. Will is for sure. Hyder for sure not. Abukam and Omenihu, whichever one. I think if the legal issues were not a thing, I would choose Omenihu because he has more versatility yeah. and a little more upside than Ebukam. But because that is something that is in play, I would go with Ebukam. Yeah, um, definitely agree. I think there. I think this is going to be an area in that they could be looking at as a lot in, in in the draft. Maybe there's somebody out there there in free agency obviously again they're going to sign a lot of players but of course the name to watch here is drake jackson who will be in it coming into his second year and will be uh watched extensively as 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 far as just needing that bookend opposite nick bosa somebody else who can take some some pressure off him even though he still managed to have 18 and a half sacks with you know not the greatest uh supporting cast uh, uh, on the opposite end um, all right, so let's do a couple of other things, some easy ones. Uh, let's finish off the defensive line. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway, also a, um, a uh, unrestricted free agent, as is Maurice Hurst, T.Y. McGill, and that's it. So those three interior guys. Um, I mean, personally, I think you try to keep Ridgeway and McGill around. I think the Maurice Hurst ship has sailed. That's kind of my initial reaction there. Totally there. Um, Ridgeway, for sure, one of the biggest mistakes the 49ers made last year was their weird IR 
balancing that ended up with Ridgeway not being mm-hmm. eligible for the playoffs because I think he would have been able Curtis to play. Robinson. Yep. So <laughs> he's a big, big guy. You don't know what you have in Kinlaw. Ridgeway is huge. McGill really flashed. And I agree. It's really tough. I was really ever since Maurice Hurst was in college and he had that like heart condition that dropped him from like top 10 pick to fifth round. And he like established himself as a pretty good player for the Raiders. I was, I was rooting for him the whole way when he got to the 49ers, I was super excited. And then he, the poor, he just can't stay healthy. And it's not even his, like, it's not like cardiovascular. He's just like torn a labrum, torn like muscles here and there. Like it's a tough break, but they got to, I agree. Unless again, minimum deal, non-guaranteed, no loss if you cut him, see if he rehabs okay. I just can't see him being back there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the only thing with McGill and, and Ridgeway is they're both older than, than Hurst, and so you would like to get some younger guys in there, but we'll, the, I think the, the draft will also be somewhere to, to watch for interior guys. Um, speaking of Dang it, this is a horrible... I'm sorry. I'm going to do it anyway. Speaking of guys who can't stay healthy, um, Jason Brett is on this list. Gosh, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, similarly to, to Dante Johnson, his 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 uh, injury is obviously a little less um, severe than the ACL in terms of return time. And it was also, like, a long time ago, relative. But... Um, I don't know. Did they did they, did they roll a dice on this again? I, I I think it might be time to just be like, all right, well, it, thanks for for the memories, Jason. We're sorry that this hasn't worked, but it's time to move on. I think so. I think the onus is on Verrett. If he, I honestly think if he chooses to play, the 49ers, I think will give him like an option. I just think he's too well-respected in that locker room. And since you put him on IR anyhow, and it doesn't really like count towards anything. If I understand the NFL rules correctly, if I don't, and (laughs) there's like a real cap hit associated with having him on IR, then I don't know. They're already pretty tight against it as is. But if it's like where you can place him there, put him on PUP reserve, and just kind of like let him rehab in your building with you and see if he wants to give it another go. I feel like they'll extend the door, but I agree. It's not really like, it's not, he's not a guy you can be like, well, we have Verrett coming back. How does that yeah. change it for us? It's more of a, if it works, it works. And it's a shame. And when he got hurt, we talked about how important he could have been and just how devastating it was. So honestly, I hope he chooses what's best for him. I don't know enough, but my gut feeling is that retire, spend time with your family, enjoy rehab so that you're able to walk, you know, that you can like, you can do the basic functions as opposed to like putting yourself in a position where something becomes irreversible. So I don't know. It's a tough one because at a certain point, you almost got to protect a player from himself. And I don't know if Verrett is getting to that point where maybe he really needs to just like, maybe it's not 
this not to be. But again, I don't know. It's really up to him. I think the 49ers extend the olive branch if that's the yeah. door is open if he wants it. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that for sure as well. Um, speaking of cornerbacks coming off injuries, Emmanuel Mosley, also an unrestricted free agent. We I think we talked about this when this happened as well. He was gonna he was going to be gone like 100% for sure this off season because he was playing so well. And there was definitely a situation where somebody's going to give him like 12 or $13 million plus a year. Um, and the Niners were not going to be able to afford that. The situation has changed. Obviously his ACL is much further along than Dante Johnson's is. And he's a, a you know, player on the rise. It, this again, I think just like Barrett. Just like you're saying, it depends on what he wants to do. Um, I don't see a situation where somebody hands him a multi-year contract coming off a major injury like this. So if his desire is, I know this building, I know the situation, um, I'm going to sign a one-year deal, hopefully get on the field, continue to, to to show what I can do, and then next year we can can worry about the long-term deal. He's still relatively young. I, I think that's the most likely situation. If that's what he wants to do, I would definitely do it, 100%. Oh, yeah. I think the 49ers should definitely give him an offer and have a chance for him to come back. I think they have to be prudent about it, but if Mosley gets back to how he was playing last year, Demeter Lenore got, like, to a respectable level and I think really, like, showcased himself well, but Mosley was at a whole nother level. Yeah. He was he was better than Ward was in that first stretch. So absolutely give him a contract, see what happens. That's a that's I think out of all the people here, he's actually the biggest no-brainer to me. Yeah. Right right there with you. Um okay, let's see how we're doing here. Um I'm leaving out a couple of big names because I want to leave the the massive conversations to later. Um Basically, the whole tight end room, other than George Kittle and Charlie Warner, is on this list. Um, Tyler Croft, uh, Ross Dwelly, and ostensibly uh, Jordan Matthews, who is on the the practice squad and is listed here for some reason as a wide receiver, even though they've been trying to convert him for like it seems like five years now. Although it's probably only been like two. Um, he is also coming off an ACL uh, that suffered, I believe, during training camp last year or, or during the preseason. Uh, I don't recall, but it's even further along than than Mosley's is. Man, I don't know. I think cut them all. I, I think you let them all go. It, and you know Warner's fine, like as a as a run as a you know a blocking tight end ostensibly. I think this is the year, man. You got to go find a tight end that can actually strike some fear at least a little bit as a pass catcher next to George Kittle. And you just let these other three guys just be like, all right, thanks. Uh, enjoy your time. You know, if, if one of them wants to take like a, a league minimum deal to come back and be, and maybe fight for a roster spot. Sure. But I think you got to take a tiny little bit of a bigger swing at that second tight end spot and just let the, those three guys go. Oh yeah, for sure. The only guy I like to say eh, is Matthews only because they seem to again like him in the room and I think he's a very positive he seems to be a very positive like energy there and you know there's no expectation with him so I think if he rehabs well and equips himself well there's no harm to like seeing if that 
if the like experiment plays out. But I totally agree. You can't, you, for a team that has so much talent everywhere and has answers and answers, the backup tight end spot, the Jordan Reed experiment, which long time ago. That would have been great if that had worked. That was the type of like, that was the type of move you got to make. Any way you can make the 49ers offense more versatile and not get and get into a situation where every player on the field is a threat is better. And I think two tight end sets are so important. And I mean, we can just like, this is not really fair to Tyler Croft, but you know, the 49ers lost the NFC championship game in large part because he couldn't get a block on Reddick. Right. And it's like, if there's not like, obviously I'm not saying whoever they replace him with would be able to, and I'm not, that's a whole thing and it's not worth getting into, but I feel like it's pretty emblematic of the team as a whole. So yeah, right there with you. Yeah. And there are some interesting names in the free agency mix uh, for tight ends right now. I won't get into it, but if you just take a look at it, some interesting names in there, there's probably a couple of guys that are way out of their price range, like Dalton Schultz and Mike Jacecki. Man, I would love me some Evan Ingram, but I think he had a really good season in Jacksonville last year, and I think there's almost no way. Um, but there's some interesting names on in there that I think would be a lot more like fear striking than Ross Dwelly. Like, no offense, Ross, but thanks. Um, all right, so we're moving through. I think we got most of them, most of the big ones, or both most of the sort of lower ones. The only other one of that's on this list that. Um, would be outside of those sort of notable ones that are kind of like the top group is uh, Tarvarius Moore, who I think probably could use a change of scenery at this point. It seems to have kind of like it, it seems like the team's ready to they don't have a plan for him as far as being a defensive back. And if he wants to play like defensive snaps, he's probably gonna have to go somewhere else at this point. You're killing me, Robert. You're killing me. I <laughs> I, I don't I, – I don't know. I You know, I – so random and probably weird association. Targaryen Moore was the player I wrote my first ever article for Niner Noise on. And I just, like – I've been rooting for him ever since. I will yeah. never be objective about Targaryen Moore. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't like it. I, I wish that he had worked out. I think he has an interesting combination of, like – like speed that they really lack in the secondary. Like, I don't think they have it any really anywhere else. Um, and it would be really cool if he had managed to figure it out, but you know, that injury and then the weird thing where because of that injury, he actually got an extra season on his, that whole weirdness. And he just never cracked the, the defensive backfield. Um, and he keep, he kept, I mean, the fact that they, you know, no offense to, again, to Sean Gibson, but the fact that they went, when when Jimmy Ward went down, their solution was not, "Hey, Tarvarius Moore is on the team. Let's see if we if he can try the safety." No, the solution was go sign a a 32 year old guy off the street who um, had not been in the defense all year. Now that worked out, um, and so you can't complain about that too much. But it was still it's it's pretty telling, I think, at this at this juncture. But there we go. All right. Um, so I'm missing a couple of very very key names. Um, we'll start with. Uh, the offensive line, and we got a couple of, of, of build-up things. We'll get into the, the big one. Uh, so Daniel Brunskill is an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, didn't factor in as a starter last year, but has been a versatile 
versatile part of this this offense uh, in the offensive line over the last couple of seasons. I think he's a guy worth keeping around if he is willing to stick around and continue to be this sort of versatile piece, like we'll plug in where we need you kind of thing. But you got to wonder if at this point in his career, you know, he'll be he's 29 years old. If he's like, if someone will give me a, you know, a guaranteed deal for a couple of years and say, hey, I can be the starter at right guard that he's going to be gone. So this will be, I think, as much about whether or not he wants to to stick around and continue to do the thing that he's been doing over the last couple of years than anything else. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Brunskill is weird because he's a real tweener. I don't think any team would really – I mean, offensive line can be so weird, the like, quality of players that teams start. So I think totally if he gets a starting spot, he's going to take it by – take it as soon as he can and go there because they def, if definitely feels like Burford has, like, eased in now, and that's, like – that's his spot now. But Brunskill yeah. is super valuable, and if you can keep him around at a reasonable price because, you know, a sixth offensive line is super, super, super useful, but you don't want to be spending too much money on a luxury item like that. But if they can keep him around, definitely insurance at like every position. That's a great player to have. Yeah. Um, which leads us to the next guy on the list as far as the offensive line is concerned, and that's Jake Brendel, who I think acquitted himself fairly well as a as starter at center this year. I mean, he's not the best center in the league, but he he was not a problem uh, this year, I think. I'm sure that there's, you know, some offensive line guru who's like, well, there was this and that and that. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, he did the job that was asked of him and there were not situations where he was like highlighted as a problem throughout the year. Um, again, I think this comes down to what he wants to do and what kind of money he's going to be asking for. But I think unless there's a obvious way to upgrade at the center position, I don't know, through the draft or something like that, I, I wouldn't be opposed to to keeping the continuity in the center of the the offensive line, especially with the two guards on op, the two young guys opposite him. Really, just keeping that that continuity flowing there. But I don't know what you think about it. This is also tough because I I, I just don't know. I'm not. I don't understand offensive line play enough to say anything about it. So I don't know if he played well or bad. I think PFF kind of liked him and hated him at the same time. Sure, but sure. He was a Pro Bowl alternate, if I'm remembering correctly. So, um, yeah, keep – I don't know. I feel like he's a guy you can look to improve upon if the option is there, and otherwise you bring him back for the continuity. But I don't know. It seems like he's also 30, and it'll be his second season starting – yeah. Your the upside here is really limited. I think even if he comes back, there's I'm gonna butcher his name, and I feel so bad about this because. <laughs> uh, Nick, are you talking about Nick Sakel? Thank you, Nick Sakel. Yeah, I think, I've always gotten it wrong, but I I got it that time. There we go. All all I took was me being like, I can't do it, and then <laughs> I do. <laughs> Nick Sakel, 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 Sakel. I got it. I think. Zakel or Poe, I think yeah. the 49ers would be happier if one of those two is the starting center come week one. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I don't know. I, we don't know how each of them is going. I think Poe certainly is a really interesting player, but yeah. who knows what it's yeah, I don't know. I'm not like I I I got nothing. Go for yeah. it, I guess. Yeah, I mean he's he's 31 actually now, Jake Brendel. Um so that I, I, I think I agree with you. I think if nothing else, maybe you keep him see if he'd be interested in like a year or two deal and then have his replacement kind of lined up. But I think you're right. I think generally speaking outside of Trent Williams, they would like this to be a pretty young and up and coming offensive line for the most part, which leads us perfectly into the other side of the offensive line. And that is um, Mike McGlinchey. He's um, he was a first round pick. Uh, I think depending on who you ask, he was a complete failure of a first round pick. Some people might say, well, you know, he was a perfectly adequate, you know, right tackle for the for the years that he was in San Francisco. Um, frankly, I don't think it really matters whether or not they want to keep him. I don't think they're going to be able to afford to keep him because his he's going to make 14 or 15 or 16 million dollars because he's one of the few tackle options out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see because while he played left tackle, I think, in college, she has not done that in several years. And there are probably some questions about his pass protection um, so many enough questions about his pass protection that left tackle might not be an option. Um, I know that was the conversation when they drafted him like, Oh, he'll play right tackle for a little while. And then when Joe Staley retires, uh, maybe he'll slide over to the left and then Joe Staley retired and they immediately traded for Trent Williams. And that was out the window. Um, I, look, if, if they were able to afford him and it was reasonable, I would not be against it. Because I think he's, I think there are probably a lot of right tackles that are worse than him, um, but I, I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the amount of money Mike Lynch is going to get is going to, it's really going to be like the thing that shows who is like, who's just there for like the Twitter clips and who like I think gets has a like a better sense of like what he's asked and what he's asked not to do because he's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And I, you're right. I don't know if there's a really easy replacement. Jalen Moore, I think they wanted to be that swing tackle. Right. Was like, Colt McKivitz, as we talked about earlier, is mm-hmm. possibly in the mix there. But neither guy, McKivitz, I think much more than Moore is an option. Moore, I think completely just, not there and like not there at all. So it's a tough one. I agree. I don't see a world where they re-sign him. I especially see, I see it more likely that they take that money and try to like address more like smaller areas of the roster and just Mm -hmm. like find a way to patch someone in there and survive. Cause I mean, we did see 49ers have survived without McGlinchey. When oh my god, now I'm blanking on his name. Tom Compton. When yeah. Tom Compton Ooh. came in and it was like, was it a little rough? Yeah, but yeah. I mean well it it was it was almost good, it was almost as good as McGlinchey. And I think the issue is finding a guy who's almost as good as McGlinchey for mm-hmm. the entire time, because everyone can have a flash in the pan. So yeah, I don't know. That's a different question. There, there was also the short period of time where it was Brunskill and Tom Compton at both tackle positions. Oh, man. And they somehow went to the Super Bowl that year. I will say, though, 
I don't understand that, but anyway. For the people who are like, man, Mike McGlinchey sucks. This was like a, a year or so ago. I was watching some, I had like saved some cut-ups of the 2017 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I was watching that team and oh my Lord. Now I don't know Zane Beatles. <laughs> Hopefully he's a great guy. Uh, can't say anything about him personally, but he made Mike mean McGlinchey, tuba, apparently. <laughs> he makes Mike McGlinchey look like a savant at the yeah. positions. Yeah. You see, you watch watch one of those games, and I think it's the most obvious thing in the world why they didn't take Derwin James or Minka Fitzpatrick, because the only thing they were thinking the entire time was get an offensive lineman so that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't die because whoa so yeah. it was it was that was a rough oh sorry my apologies to, to Zane Beatles uh Jordan Debbie was the tuba player not Zane Beatles I was like that didn't sound right when I said it but that was he was also on that same offensive line if I'm not mistaken Whew, that was rough um yeah anywho McGlitchie's probably gone um, another guy who's probably also gone is Aziz Alshire. Um, great story, man. He, like he came out of nowhere, took got a roster spot as an undrafted free agent during his rookie year, and has worked his way up to arguably being like in the conversation. Like it was like he and Greenlaw were basically two A and two B. And the 49ers made their decision, you know, earlier this season when they they gave Greenlaw an extension. Uh, before the you know in in season, which is a strange thing that they don't often do, but they made a, a choice to keep Greenlaw around, and that means Al Shire is probably going to go somewhere. I would imagine Houston would be at the very 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 top of the list of places that he could end up, where he can be the 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 main guy in the middle, like be not just Greenlaw, but maybe Fred Warner for somebody else, and maybe Demeka Ryan's in Houston or something like that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think I was one of the people who was on the, I think Greenlaw is, I thought Al Shire was better than Greenlaw. And I think Greenlaw kind of separated this year. Al Shire also struggled with injuries and the Niners gave Greenlaw more opportunities. So it's not a complete one-to-one comparison, but I think they just like, they already pay so much for Fred Warner. And Fred Warner's great. That contract was worth every penny, but like positional value is a real thing. So you spend that much on Warner and Greenlaw. There's just, there's no way you can't fit it in. So on to the next next guy to, to take over that, that linebacker three position, which is basically a, I mean, he played, what is that? What do they have? 29.3% of the snaps this year. Now, some of that, as you mentioned, was injury-related, but it's also because he was the third linebacker in the modern NFL when most of the time you play two linebackers because you have a another defensive back on the field. So it's just the, he's going to give an opportunity to get paid and to show that he can be an every-down kind of guy. So good for him, I, th- I, I think, for sure. All right, um, last two names. We are just cooking through this uh, uh, are the two old guys. Uh, one I didn't mention earlier because – Goodness, it doesn't even feel like after the way that the season started that it's even worth having the conversation about Josh Johnson. Uh, it's technically an unrestricted free agent. He can't be in the conversation. By the way, when we were talking about like quarterbacks that you can bring back, like there's there's 
quarterbacks that you don't want to bring in because they're going to put too much pressure on and tr- and try to like earn a starting job that they don't have the right to. And then there's other guys like Josh Johnson, no offense, who you would be very concerned about it if he had to spend a significant time, amount of time as the backup throughout next season. So I think it's time to, to let that train roll. Um, and then the last name. Uh, and we, 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 we said we'd, we'd get to this because we started with Tabor Pepper and we end with Robbie Gold. Um, and I, I have to say I have mixed feelings about this. And if you ask me at any particular time, um, I would have a different feeling about it. He's 41 years old. He's been kicking in the NFL for a long time. Um, it's kind of a strange situation because he's always been very, still very tied to Chicago because obviously he was there for a very long time. His family's there. His kids go to school there. Um, you know, he's still a, a big part of that community, but they, the bears cut him, you know, and the Niners picked him up and he's been here ever since. Um, it's, so I, I, I go back and forth about this. Um, the two things obviously that stand out are the age, and the fact that it's certainly impacted his leg, I think, over the last couple of seasons, there's no, uh, there's no two bones about it. His and his distance, um, his ability to kick from distance has decreased. The accuracy is still pretty much there, um, you know, within the 49 and under range. But when you get past that, it, it starts to get a little concerning, and you and you worry about that. And then obviously the the issue with the kickoffs. And the positions that that has put um, the the team in because he just doesn't have the leg for it anymore. Um, and then the the on top of that is the fact that they were already paying him a lot of money. His last contract was worth the uh, what seven? It was worth a lot of money. Um, and is he going to ask for a similar contract this year in order to stick around? Um, they paid him nine million dollars. It was the t- sorry. $13 million, almost $14 million on his last contract, which is just nuts for a kicker. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think, Josh? I'll go to Josh Johnson first. Um, he, <laughs> so he's not coming back. I mentioned him in my article, actually, but he's not coming back. And I think, you know, I was saying this to, like, my friends when the NFC Championship game was going on. That's like an impossible situation. Yeah, he's the backup, but he's really like the fourth or fifth string quarterback. Yes. And he played like a fourth or fifth string quarterback. Like, will he exist on the periphery of the practice squad? Absolutely. I think, you know, you don't get a guy like that in because you're expecting something. You're expecting like competence or greatness. You're getting it in because you think he's helpful for your players He's helpful for your practices, and you know he's a good voice to have. And push comes to shove, you have him in a game, and you don't end up with Christian McCaffrey having to throw a pass to Debo Samuel or something in an NFC Championship game. So, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what was that game? <laughs> so, uh, let's not talk about it anymore, ever again. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Robbie Gold, I... I was way more on the he's got to go train. I think I was pretty explicit about it as we did our post-game recaps every week. But he's good in the playoffs, and I feel like that matters. But at the same time, 
It definitely can't be for a salary was now. It can't be for anything more than the league minimum. If that's the case, then yeah, sure. But if you're paying over the league minimum for Robbie, it's time to like pack it up. You have 11 draft picks, three in the seventh round. Throw it at some kicker that kicks 70-yard field goals or something and has like the most prodigious leg of all time. Figure it out from there. Because the Niners, I think, for all the good things special teams had, and I think it had a lot of things, yards gained, making sure beyond kickoffs, which is another Robbie Gold-related scenario, making sure that there wasn't too much like punt yard returnage, punts being in good positions, really controlling field position. Kyle Shanahan is way too conservative. And Mm -hmm. that's like, that just is what it is. And the thing is, Robbie Gold as a kicker does not fit with Kyle Shanahan, the coach. Robbie Gold as the kicker fits with Kyle Shanahan, the coach we want him to be, which is like, we go for it until it's like the 30-yard line. And then, yeah, okay, we'll kick a field goal. Because... That's Robbie, really. It's like when right. we're close, nails, got it, money, we're good. We get to like beyond like 45 yards, who knows what's going to happen, right? But if you have a head coach that's going to be at like a 54-yard field goal and nine times out of ten, he's like, yeah, just send the field goal team out. You need a kicker who that type of kick is like – that's like – that's not only doable, you're like, okay, like we're not going to kick it low and then someone's going to block it. We're not going to have some weird stuff with the wind because you can't get enough like torque on it. So I don't know. Kicking is also not something I understand at all. Nor so, I. <laughs> you know, all, all, all I can say is it certainly seemed like his age was a negative detriment to a lot of what he was doing and I think at that point I I refuse to believe and I am not part of kickers aren't people kickers are important but I refuse to believe that you can't find another kicker like I just I just don't yeah um yeah I think that's I think that's ultimately where I come down it's like you know Yes, the the clutch thing is, I think, a real situation, and you like having somebody who's been there in the playoffs, but you also don't want a situation where you need, um, I don't know, where you you, you you take the lead late in a game in the regular season, and you kick the ball off, and your kicker can't get it into the end zone, so the opposing team you know, catches the ball at the, at the five yard line and then they are able to return it and put themselves in a situation to, to win the game, even though you just, you took the lead late, like that's something you can't have. And I think that's got to factor into the decision. Um, and like you said, with all these draft picks, if you take a kid in the sixth round, who's a, a top notch, I have no idea who the, who the top kickers in, in the, in the, uh, the, the, the draft coming in are. Um, and they seem to be very hit or miss. It seems like every time they're just like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be like the best kicker ever. Um, it doesn't really work out that way. But who knows? Um, yeah, I think it might be time to to they got to save some money somewhere. Right. Then they can't be handing Robbie Gold another massive contract. Uh, and and that's so, so that would be concerning. So maybe it, this is the time like the, his contract's up. Um, you know, he did great things, but you got to spend money on somewhere somewhere other other than the. The, the the kicking <laughs> you can't you can't have the most 
expensive special teams battery in the in the NFL. I don't think that's something you want to to, to really put your, to to crown your uh, to 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 crown the head on. So that's just my final thought. So, um, oh, yeah. all, all right, mean, I just to like hop into your point. I mean, the 49ers almost kind of there was a real chance they could have lost that Cowboys game because that returner had a beeline to the end zone simply off a bad kickoff. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't some, like, oh, weird hypothetical, this would never happen. This, like, almost happened. So, you know, it's a a real issue. If you're a team that's – if you're trying to be legit, if you're going to be one of the best of the best, you can't have these, like, weird spots where everywhere else we're elite. But right here, you know, we, we just suck. And that's that's such an easy one to fix. So totally on board with what you said, Robert. Cool. All right. Well, that was uh, that was nice and marathony, but I think we've uh, we didn't have an we didn't have an episode for a couple of weeks, so we had to we had a lot of things to say. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. So, um, Aksha, any final thoughts on on anything? Now, obviously, we'll get into more about like what can the Niners do looking at uh, some outside free agent options. It'll be really interesting to see how. How deep they get into it. Obviously, they, like I said, they don't have a lot of cap room at this particular juncture. Um, they can make some moves to to shore some of that up, but we'll see how that how that rolls. But we'll get into you know outside free agents and and the draft stuff as we get later into the the off season. But any final thoughts on any of this stuff before we wrap it up? Man, I've spent like the last two months talking about like enjoying the ride. So <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> um, honestly. Like the off season, I think it's just like, it's a good time to kind of just like take it easy. I know the off season is weird. If you're a fan, some people get super into it. Some people don't really understand what it is. So honestly, my just thing, big thing is just like, who knows what's going to happen. Let's, let's wait and see how it all plays out. But if you want to know how it all plays out, and more importantly, you want someone to tell you how to feel about how it all plays out, make sure to check out NinerNoise.com and keep on keep out on the lookout for new podcast episodes. Because lucky for you, Robert and I are the type of fan who care too much about what happens during the off season. So we've got you covered there. <laughs> well said. Um, I, I can always count on you to to. to to pass to pass the baton and say final thoughts and you just nail it so well done as always Akshaz. um well thanks uh, for 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 joining us on this episode of the niner noise podcast it is part of the fan-sided podcast network uh please continue as Akshaz just said to check out ninernoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis even through the off season scouting combine is uh this weekend or this week didn't even mention that that's coming up uh, so there'll be things that'll be happening on the site as we move through this week and move into the draft and we start getting into free agency and all that stuff this will be a, a great place to check out um analysis on on what's happening and who they're signing and who they're not signing and all that stuff um and of course be sure to rate be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and of course share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends so until next time let's sound the horn 49ers <laughs>
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.